Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the In No Hurry podcast. I am your host, Colt Douglas Claiborne. So happy to be back with you guys this week for another episode. And this is not just any episode. This week, we are celebrating two years since I launched the In No Hurry podcast. I really just cannot believe that I've been doing this for this long. I had no idea what to expect out of this project whenever I started it. Really was just hoping to bring some cool people on, talk to them, have some fun conversations, and if I was lucky, do it for this long. And obviously took some time off this summer to focus on writing, which was great, but happy to be back doing the show and super thrilled this week to welcome back my good buddy, Ryan Allwart. You know him. He's been on here several times. The music that you're hearing right now is music that he created specifically for this show. And he was my first guest back in 2019. Last year, I had him on and we celebrated one year since launching this podcast and we kind of decided we need to make this a yearly thing. So I'm super thrilled to have him back on. And every time that we talk, it's just such a life-giving conversation. So I hope you guys find that to be the same. As always, we went much longer than we anticipated. I was thinking we'd maybe go 45 minutes. And of course, it was about an hour longer than he or I planned. So hopefully you'll stick around to the end. It's such a great conversation. I always love catching up with Ryan. Super grateful for his friendship and his support of this show. And I'm just so grateful to be able to celebrate two years of doing this show. Seriously, thank you so much. If you have listened to this the whole time since I've been doing this at different parts, you tuned into an episode here or there. Either way, just thank you for being willing to check out this creative project that I've tried to do. And I've just had fun with it. And I hope you have found these conversations to be valuable and life-giving as well. And this one, no different. I love having Ryan on. So I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with my friend, Ryan Allward. Well, I'm happy to be back here with my buddy, my good friend, Ryan Allward. We are celebrating two years since launching this podcast. Realized today that Gosh. a year ago today, we recorded our one-year anniversary. So obviously, the music that you hear whenever you tune this podcast on is from Ryan. And Ryan's been on here, gosh, I don't even know, probably three or four times because we also recorded an episode yeah. last summer where you just played some music and stuff. Oh, that's uh, right. I forgot I don't, about that. We did do that. Yeah. So Ryan is the, uh, you know, obviously the most popular guest on this podcast. But Ryan, welcome back, man. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. And congrats on two years, man. And seriously, like when you said that uh, earlier today, you were like, hey, this Facebook reminded me that, you know, one year ago tonight we were doing this. I'm like, wow, time flies. Yeah. It moves yeah. so fast. Um, you mentioned this last, on your- Even last year that felt like three years in one. Somehow <laughs> it's just like, boom, don't blank. You'll miss it kind of thing. You, you but, mentioned yeah. this on your, uh, your Facebook live tonight, but I remember because we recorded that night and you texted me like the next day or so, it was a couple of days after it. And you were like, yeah, I found out like right after that, that I had COVID. And so, yes. uh, and that's what you were- you and your wife both had COVID within the last yeah, year. Yeah, so. man. I was I was around Veterans Day last year. Um, and then was I was out of commission, man, for almost a solid three and a half, four weeks in quarantine. Like, cause that's when it was like they didn't like quarantine was like you got to do like at least 14 days. I'm like, gosh, from like yeah. the last positive thing. And I had to wait for like a full like five days to even get a positive result back then. So mm -hmm. it was just a mess, man. But, and then my wife got it, uh, in December. So tail end of 2020, and then you throw in just like an election, you know, like all the, just all the strife and drama of 2020 into that fourth quarter last year was just brutal. But, uh, yeah. fortunately we've been healthy all year and the kids have been too, and hope you guys have been as well. 
Um, but yeah, time flies, uh, when it's a pandemic, <laughs> but yeah, it did teach sure. us that like technology allows us to do all this, man. It's like, uh, it's for just sure. awesome. Like I was literally praying prayers of thanks for technology and Wi-Fi last year. So yep. I could still put bread on the table for our family, man. Um, just yeah. being a musician, I think I had like close to 35, 40 gigs cancel or postpone or, you know, reschedule. And I'm like, well, all right, how are we going to do this? And sure enough, I just, that's when I started doing, I call them TRLs, Total Ryan Lives uh, on Facebook Live. And I, I think it started where I had one show that canceled and I was like, well, I was going to sing tonight. Might as well just do it over the internet now. And yeah. sure enough, like I had so much more viewership than the people that would have been at that gig. I made way more tips on Facebook than I did, you know, at the restaurant that I normally play at. So I'm like, let's do this maybe in a couple other nights from now, you know, and it just took off and it was this awesome moment where we're all glued to our phones and it was fun for me to be able to bring, you know, joy and laughter and levity through music uh, via technology when we were all just cooped up last year. So yeah, um, that's something I'll look back on when I'm an old, old man and remember yeah. 2020 was just that whole thing. Yeah. But, I remember us talking about that last year. And for those of you that are tuning in and maybe, uh, aren't sure why Ryan's back on for a third or fourth time. We, uh, last year I, I was like, Hey, it's coming up on one year of my podcast. Ryan was my first guest. Obviously the music is yeah. from him that's on the show. And so I was like, Hey, why don't we do this episode to commemorate one year? And then on the episode, I was like, why don't we just make this a yearly thing? Yeah, man. So here we it. are again, here we are again. And I had no idea that it was going to be the same night as last year. We'll just, we'll just book it that's in from, next year. November 10th next yeah, year. We'll, we'll just, just book we'll just that put down it on the calendar, bro. I'm, I'm go in. Ahead and, I'm already in. Go ahead and put it on your Google calendar. We'll figure out a time, but yeah, November 10th apparently is our recording date, but yeah. Uh, but man, this past year, you, you've got, I feel like every time that I talk to you, you've got something new or some things new going on in your life. There's always either a new album that has come out or is about to come out. Yeah. Now you've got, you got a, a, a show in indie that you're doing. I don't yeah. even know what else is new. You probably got something <laughs> that I don't even know about, but tell me about what this last year has been like for you and all the different things you've been able to add to your plate and, and how that's brought yeah. you joy and happiness. Oh my goodness, man. Yeah. Joy and happiness and a lot of exhaustion yeah uh, good stress um yeah 2020 into 21 has just been really revealing for our family uh i think from a calling perspective it really opened my eyes to um just i i think i dove deeper into this just identity as an artist like i'm an artist this is what i do and i can i used to feel like oh man i've got all these things and projects that are going you know simultaneously and what does it all mean? And what banner do I fly it under? You know? Uh, and I was just like, you know what? I am interested by a lot of different things. This bookshelf is full of presidential biographies. Uh, about a year and a half ago, I started a podcast called the Presequential Podcast, where uh, my friends and I go through the, we read a biography of every American president and discuss their life, legacy, and little known facts in under 90 minutes. So it's a ton of reading. I think we're mm -hmm. at like 12,000 pages right now. Um, where this just started over breakfast one day, like my buddy was like, Hey, I found this list that this guy read all the biographies on all the presidents. And I want to pick one per guy and give myself like five years to read them. And I go, I'll do it with you. And we should totally do a podcast. <laughs> so yeah. within like two days, we had this idea and, uh, 12,000 pages later. Um, but I don't know, like, I love history. I'm a total nerd. I love our country. So it was like, yeah, it makes sense to do a podcast on the presidents. And it's been so much fun. Uh, my 
co-host and founder's buddy. Um, he's a sponsor of the show and he's just really opened up to us just about how much this year has been like really hard on his mental health, like really, yeah. really hard, like triggered a lot of depression, anxiety. And we saw him the other night and he was just like, man, he looked us all in the eyes, like seriously. And he was like, thank you for bringing me some laughter. Mm -hmm. He was like, it just feels good to laugh. And I'm like, amen to that, man. Like something so simple as just having a good hearty laugh in the midst of this crazy chaotic world that we're in, um, where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll read another 12,000 pages for that guy, you know? Right. Um, so it, it just kind of, I, I think I had this realization where I'm like all the different things that I love creating and all the different teams that I get to collaborate with. I'm totally willing to do it because I just love it all where it's like music. Uh, music has actually kind of been a little bit on the back burner since I released my new nineties album. Uh, it's called 93 came out on nine, three, September 3rd. Um, and like, I still perform a lot around town, but as far as recording like a new album, it's definitely farther down on my, on the list in my mind right now of like projects I really want to tackle. I know that when I tackle the next album, it's going to be more original stuff. Uh, the past two or three albums I've done have all been covers albums, which are so much fun to do uh, and get to reinterpret these classic songs and make them my own. And it's more of kind of like a feature of like me as a singer, me as an arranger and really a feature of the band. Cause I know the songs are already hits, you right. know? And so I just get to have fun playing with them, but um, I am excited musically to dive in. Uh, into that songwriting journey of just um, kind of getting more into myself and just what I've been tossing around that I really need to express uh, through my music. But um, I think it's just helped me grow just a lot more as a, as um, like as a man, as a husband, as a dad, yeah. as a creator, as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur. Um it just really helped me kind of focus the overall why of it all where I'm like, at the end of the day, like I was put on this earth to bring joy to people, not just through music. That's what I started doing, but through my art and art can be a podcast. Art can yeah. be voiceover work. Um, I just, <laughs> dude sitting literally in this chair uh, around the holidays last year. I love this story. Um, I was doing, I was sitting here playing guitar in front of, you know, a big company of people all on their Zoom screens. That's and awesome. I'm Christmas carols <laughs> in my basement, entertaining people all over the country. And the guy who was moderating the chat, um, and like he was the guy that I was doing the sound check with and all that, he was just behind the scenes. Um, he sent me a question in the chat that someone had asked that was, hey, Ryan, is, is music all you do or do you do other things? And I said, yeah, you know, I do a lot of voiceover work and I've got my podcast and da, 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 da. Well, he hits me up after the, after the gig and he's like, Hey man, thanks so much for helping out. So I've done a little bit of recon and I went to your voiceover site and would you be interested in voicing an animated character for a new cartoon that I'm creating with my old college roommate, who's now a, like a film guy in LA. And I'm like, that's awesome. What? <laughs> I'm like, huh? And he's like, yeah, it's called Moon Detectives, Blee Blump and Fletcher. And I'm like, tell me more. And he's like, you would play Blee Blump. You're like a little alien. And Blee Blump. Blee Blump. He's like an outcast. And Fletcher is an outcast from Earth. And they meet up in space. And they go on adventures and all that. 
And I'm like, this sounds amazing. I want to see a script five minutes ago. And sure enough, like we, I find myself behind a microphone and I'm voicing all these different characters. And the more, the more time that I had to actually reflect on that, I was like, I can trace that seed and that line all the way back to being a kid where one of my earliest memories from a performing standpoint and an entertaining standpoint goes all the way back to when I was like my son's age. So like four or five years old. Yeah. In Germany, uh, where we were stationed at the time, my dad was in the Navy and we traveled all over a lot. And like, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have tablets. We had Trivial Pursuit and just stories that my dad would make up. And one of the things that I did was I read my favorite book to the family. It was called PJ Funny Bunny. And I can't do the voice now, but as a kid, I could, <laughs> where I pretended to be PJ Funny Bunny and it made my parents laugh. And I was like, huh, that's kind of fun. Let me try that again, you know, and, and get that laugh again. And so I can trace all the way back to being five years old and I'm now 40, like creating voices and creating characters that brought joy to people. And so now I get to do that on this much bigger scale where the pilot just got released and we're going to start recording more episodes where like I've thought about the things that God has put in my life and in my heart and on my mind where I'm like, it's kind of weird, but I've always wanted to voice animated characters. And then sure enough, yeah. like some guy who's running the chat room in a zoom goes, Hey, by the that way, I awesome. just created an animated That's series. Awesome. Like, and we need one more voice. And I heard what you said in the chat and I checked out your stuff and I'd love it to be you. And I'm like, what? And also he he's a believer. And I'm like, okay, that, that's cool. That is, you cool. know, it's like, call it coincidence. I'm like, I don't, I don't buy the coincidence thing in this case. Like, I think that's pretty designed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so man, where, when and when and where can we watch Blee Blump yeah. and Fletcher is what I got to know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think if you just YouTube moon detectives or Blee Blump and Fletcher, the pilot is up. It's, it's out already. Blee Blump shows up in the very, very end of the pilot and you don't even hear him say a word. You just see kind of his back. Okay. Uh, but I voiced two other characters that um, one of them, the, the best compliment that um, Austin, one of the creators gave me was he goes, dude, you've made me want to write more of this one character uh that was just kind of a minor character but the way you riffed and kind of created his backstory makes me want to explore this character moses that's cool yeah i like that more and i'm like oh that's awesome so but like when i can feel in my lane like my super highway of of skills and passion um and i get to be paid to do it and bring joy to people i'm like i could do this the rest of my life yeah. And so that makes it easier for me to go, yeah, I can host a morning show in Indianapolis and do a podcast and do gigs and do voiceover work and ultimately be a great husband and dad as well as I can. Um, and God has just kind of made more room and space for that. Um, and I've just kind of learned like when those dominoes start to fall, you just got to keep following them, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, man. So that's a very long winded answer to your short question. <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I love it. I mean, I know, I knew you've gotten into voiceover work and uh, I know you'd been doing a lot of commercials and that stuff, but that's pretty cool to have like a, a show that like, what, what are their plans for that? Is it to be like on a network or something or just yeah, kind of live on so YouTube or what? I think there's going to be, I believe there's going to be six to eight episodes and they're kind of short. Like this pilot, I think is only maybe nine or 10 minutes. Okay. Um, but it's basically like live online for a season 
and then get funding for a second season and eventually pitch it to a network or a streaming service. Um, but it was really cool to see my name at the end of the credits. Yeah. That's cool. And dude, I've, I've, I've done some really cool stuff like with straight no chaser. I've gotten to, you know, be on stages all over, all over the world, which are so cool in their own right. And to see the name pop up at the end of the pilot and be like, Whoa, that's cool. That's like legit. Uh, huh. That's kind of a fun little thing that I've never really seen before. It's just an extra element of cool, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's really their plan is just, I mean, they have written the scripts they have, uh, you know, the animation takes so much time and right now it's all an independent project. Um, but the voiceover only took like maybe an hour, you know, when I was in the studio. So, uh, but then I had to wait like seven months for the episode to come out. So me watching the pilot for the first time, I was like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot about those lines. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah. One of my, Ryan, one of my favorite things about you and, and you and I have, I guess, quote unquote, known each other for over 10 years, I guess we kind of connect yeah. whenever you were straight no chaser. And yeah, it just, it seems like everything that you have gotten into, you approach it all with just such a heart of joy. And I really think mm-hmm. that it's contagious. And I think that's what served you well. And I mean, this genuinely, like I can tell just by like, even the, the Facebook live stuff, I mean, it can be hard and maybe awkward to get on your, your guitar and play for in front of your phone in your basement to yeah. people that are on a chat, a chat room essentially is what it is. Yeah. But the way like, that's it, that's not an easy way to connect with people. I've tried to do Instagram lives before, whenever, I, you know, during COVID and all that kind of stuff, I was trying to do Instagram lives and connect with people that I thought listened to my podcast. And I, it's just not me. Like, it's just, it's really hard to entertain people that you're able to see, but it's yeah. even harder to entertain people who you don't see on the other screen. And so I was, I interviewed a comedian, uh, right around Christmas time last year. And she was talking about how she was doing zoom comedy shows. And, Mm. uh, like that to me is like, seems really difficult because you, she's like, you couldn't tell if people were laughing at your jokes or not. Yeah. And so, you know, like you're, you're playing, you're playing music and like, you're used to an applause after a song and maybe you get comments and filter and like, I love that song, but it's like it to to have energy to do that. Cause sometimes you would do it for two, like almost three hours some nights. I mean, you just oh, be playing yeah. and like dude, whole I, sets I, of music. Bro, I burnt myself out because I'm just like, well, here we go. And yeah. I'd, I'd never done it before. I'd never given an online concert. But then like over time, I just found kind of my way of doing it. And yeah. I just let myself not stress about the things that I stressed about like even a month prior of like, oh, well, this person requested this song at like 4 p.m. and I got to make sure I do that. It's just like, right. just be in the moment, man. Like, People are yeah. home, like, but it was really cool to get feedback too from those people who were like, "Our family has never put a puzzle together, and here we are. We're playing, we're doing a puzzle, and we're listening to your music, and we're laughing. And thanks for bringing some light to this new normal, you know, that we're in now. And yeah. so that was for me as a performer and as an entertainer. I'm, I was like, man, that's what it's all about—to connect with people, right? I, yeah. I have learned though that. Um, being in the same time, you know, in the same moment, like you and I are in right now is one thing, but being in the same space, the, the same venue as someone in that moment is totally different right. than flat screen, bro. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like live performance with an audience in front of you, breathing the same air, you know, like hearing the same jokes, like being in the same moment with you in that moment. For me, my favorite moment of any especially uh holiday show that we did in straight no chaser was the moment of time. 
and it only lasted maybe three seconds maximum. Um, and we didn't do it every night, but uh, we would do our closer, our encore, and then we would do an off mic encore. And it was Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. And it's a great arrangement. I knew um, exactly what you were going to say before you even got to this part dude, of the story because I've been to those concerts and I knew exactly uh, what you're referring to. Bro, like no microphones. We just come to the front of the stage. Yep. And you could hear a pin drop. And my favorite moment was not even when we were singing, but it was in the moment of silence between our last note and the applause. Mm-hmm. And it was this moment where, you know, the fourth wall completely broken and the audience and us on stage were in that moment completely together. And it was just this holy, sacred three seconds of, of silence. You know, if it was on sheet paper, it would have been a rest. You know, yeah. it wouldn't have been a note. It would have been, don't do anything right now. And um, I think not to get overly philosophical, but I think in my life, at least, not even as a creative, but just in my life, like in those moments of stillness and quiet and rest and pause and breath, um, that's when I can be most in tune with the Lord, with most in tune with myself. Um Sometimes I think COVID had taught me too, since I was home so much, um, COVID really taught me like the mundane aspect of just chores around the Mm -hmm. house, like washing dishes or folding laundry. That to me was when moments of inspiration would strike too, where like my mind was just totally on this one simple boring task. And it was free enough for me to kind of hear those moments of inspiration and kind of play with them a little bit um lyrics uh melodies um certain song ideas or story ideas that i could put into a song um and so yeah and then i then i found that i like started doing more of that my wife was a big fan of that where it was like hey do you need help folding laundry or like hey let me let me wash the dishes while you you know like go chill for a little bit i'll i'll wash these and and it became this kind of thing where i sought it out because i knew that it would foster the creative process within myself but it was also just nice to kind of take my mind off the basic crap that was going on in the world where I could just right. zone out. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a really interesting journey, man, just for our family. Uh, but also as a creative in this time, as an entrepreneur to be like, okay, how are we going to keep putting out the stuff that we need to put out? Um, but back to my earlier point, there's absolutely nothing like being in the same room right with with someone in that same space man space is underrated and that's what we learned hopefully next time or sometime down the road whenever we do this again we can be back in a room together like we were the first time whenever we recorded yeah that was the first time you and i well actually that no that's not the first time you and i had ever met because we did meet probably not really knowing each other we met after a concert years ago at a trader chaser concert but first time you and i really talked was whenever we met in that library there in fishers Absolutely. and i remember uh, that man. somehow yeah. got hooked up with a dope room that was like a recording oh, studio yeah. but uh yeah. but like yeah i mean I, it's so right like i listened to uh my buddy jake triplett who he shoots and works with, with trey kennedy um and he oh, cool like, so he's on tour trey kennedy's on tour right now and jake is yeah. like one of his opening co- comedians and jake you know i listened to his podcast that he does with his buddy and he's talking about like how like just that, that, that tour we actually we went to the very first show of that tour in louisville um got to go out to dinner. We hung out with Jake after the show. That was like the night when NBA and everything basically started to shut down. And so they went and did one more show in Knoxville 
and then had to cancel the rest of their tour. And so they just restarted it this year and they had been doing like a couple of small shows, like, you know, small live stream shows and that sort of stuff. But he talks in this podcast all the time about like just being in a room with people like in these theaters. Cause like the theaters that they're in now are, are bigger theaters than they were when they, when they initially booked the, mm. uh, the tour. Cause people just, you know, Trey Kennedy's gotten more popular that thing, kind of thing. So yeah. he just talks about like, you know, like every, every week when I listen to his show, he's talking about like the different venues they go to and how just the electricity in a, in a venue like that. Cause we, we went to some concerts. Finally, we just got back actually uh, on Sunday night, we were at a Phil Wickham show, uh, cool. which is, awesome uh we also saw uh lauren daigle earlier this year and um she was with ellie holcomb and then we saw chris renzema i don't know if you listen to chris renzema if you don't you need Uh to listen to chris that's a you definitely need to listen to chris renzema he is probably one of emily and my favorite artists right now how do you Um, how do you spell his last name it's r-e-n-z-e-m-a but we had not been to a concert in gosh i don't know how long and it was just like man it feels so awesome to be back in a room with people like singing and just yeah. enjoying music. And yep. uh, like, I, I mean, just being with people, I think was probably the best thing. Cause so much of COVID, it was like, you can't be with people. Like the, people were saying you couldn't be in a house with more than six people or more than eight people or whatever it was. Like, yeah. like I, we're, we're talking about getting together for Christmas right now. And it has been since 2016 mm. since I have gotten to go and have a normal Christmas with my family, because in 2017, mm. Emily and I got married Okay. Two days before Christmas, we were on our honeymoon. 2018, I got sick and was not able to go because we have kids on that. And I was like, well, I don't want to get people sick. Yeah. 2019, we ended up meeting as a family in French Lick because we were in Kentucky. My sister was in Zionsville and Josh and my family were in Evansville. So we just met in French Lick and met. It. Cool. We did our Christmas at the best Western hotel in French Lick, Indiana. Yes. And then 2020. Awesome. 2020 we did it over a zoom call and yeah, so uh yeah. this year will be my first actual like be at a house do christmas yeah. with my family in five years and so it's just going to be so good to like be back together and it's just that's yeah. kind of what i've enjoyed the most like even as a teacher this year having students in my classes every day while it's been a challenge some days it's just nice to feel like things are kind of normal. Like I'm watching football and the stands are filled and watching baseball. And there's, I could go to a baseball game this year. And it's just like, man, you miss, you didn't realize how much just being with people was such a part of our lives. Yeah. I mean, community is so powerful, man. Like we're wired for it. We're wired for relationships, you know, like 100%. um, And I know, I know you're a believer too, where it's like, all right, if God is already in relationship with God and then creates us as an outpouring of that, love uh it's like we're supposed to commune with him and commune with each other and we learned that man like now granted there are probably a ton of introverts that were like oh this is amazing no yeah. one can <laughs> no at one first can. i was like this is really nice i could have some space to be creative yeah. on my own and rest yeah. then it was like now i kind of miss doing stuff i miss going yeah. to the movies i miss yes. going to games i miss being able to like, not being able to go out to eat was probably the hardest thing for me like yeah. Emily will oh, tell dude. you, I love going out to eat. Same, bro. <laughs> Way too much. Well, I think it also just I, I've I've wondered, would we all have paused had this not happened? Like, or right. would we just keep like what would we be talking about in the two year anniversary of your podcast if COVID didn't happen? Right. You know, if twenty twenty yeah. wasn't a lockdown, like what would we be covering? And when I created uh, this. I didn't know that the world would be telling us that we would be in no hurry for a while. Like <laughs> that's great. I, that's a good point. I created this selfishly out of a busy season. Whenever I was moving 
from Evansville to Bowling Green. Yeah. And I was leaving teaching at the time. I wasn't, I was actually moving into, a, a, like, I, I wasn't planning to teach when we moved here. I was planning to just uh, work, you know, I was working for my father-in-law at the time and I was planning yeah. to kind of use that time to, to be creative. I started this podcast, wanted to do writing and I'm still doing all that, but like, I kind of started this because it was a reminder to, to myself to not be in a hurry. And then yeah. it was like, okay, now the whole world is learning to not mm. be in a hurry. It's yes, wild, man. Yeah, it was it was hard at first to like pump the brakes. Like, remember that day where it was like, okay, it's all locking down now. Yep. And it's like, yep. I mean, just the craze of like buying toilet paper and Lysol and all that. It's like, that seems like now it seems like six years ago, but it was happening. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I think it, it was hard to pump those brakes really fast. And then we kind of all had that moment where it's like, this is actually really kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Like in a, in sort of a, like a, to be able to have the luxury to say that and not be like in a hospital room dying from this, but like to be able That's to true, go, yeah. this is great. Like we're actually connecting and then getting to the point where it's like, well, this has been good, but I really miss connecting with our friends, I really miss connecting with our family, you know? Um, yeah. And we've, we've had friends who have been affected by it all ends of the gamut, you know, of just the severity of it. Um, but honestly, man, being in quarantine for like almost a full month, in my own home taught me a lot too. Yeah. Um, it really taught me how much, uh, I just love being around my family. And yeah. it was so hard. Um, now granted, I'm glad that we had an extra bedroom where I could quarantine. I know that's not the case for everyone. Um, but like just hearing our kids voices on the like having them slide little pictures that they had drawn for daddy you know underneath the door it was just like heartbreaking but also heartwarming at times to be like oh yeah i'm so blessed right now you know yeah. just so blessed and uh and then i got to return the favor to lauren when she had it the, the month after yeah where i was like hey you had them that month i'll get them this month but it was just yeah. hard man like it was a totally different thanksgiving and christmas in that season last year. So yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to being with family and um, just enjoying each other's company, man. It really yeah. did put a perspective on like, not just what to be thankful and who to be thankful for, but how to be thankful. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, so tell me yeah. about this, this morning show that you're on. Cause we haven't talked a ton about this, but I know this is kind of a yeah. new thing for you. You, you joined this, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's, it's the, it's this indie this morning show in Indy yeah. and the, the clips that I've seen, uh, from it just, it looks like it's just, you have a ton of fun. Like it just, it feels like almost like a, uh, you're like a local Ryan Seacrest is kind of what I feel yeah, like. Yeah. It's, hey, I'll take <laughs> Ryan. I'll ward Ryan Seacrest. I guess He's that awesome. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's called Indy now. Um, and it's on the local Fox affiliate up here, Fox okay. 59. Um, which I didn't know this, uh, but it's the number one morning newscast in the state. And so we get to come on right after their newscast. So we're riding their wave um, for an hour and it's an hour wow. live Monday through Friday. It's at uh, 10 to 11 Eastern time. And man, it, again, it's a total other God thing. And it came through relationship where my friend uh, Brandy is a stylist um, around town for a bunch of uh, different you know, personalities and news organizations in town. And I was co-hosting at a competitor station um, and playing music on that as a guest host one day. And she hit me up and she's like, hey, good job uh, today. Uh, you need to know that down the road at Fox, they are hiring right now for a host position for a new lifestyle show that they're creating. 
And I'm like, okay. She goes, you need to submit your information like five minutes ago. I'm like, okay. So I had nothing <laughs> to lose. Honestly, Cole, I did not even submit a resume. I submitted like a professional bio that I had my graphic designer friend create for me, like about voiceover and da 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 da. And so I just submitted that <laughs> and got a phone call, got a screen test with um, my friend Jillian, who had become my co host. Um, and then there was like a pocket of like two weeks where it was just kind of radio silent. And literally 10 minutes before my sister's wedding in Cincinnati, I'm supposed to start making music and my phone rings and it says Fox 59. And I'm like, crap, I got to take this. And I pick up and I'm like, I don't know who this is. I'm so excited to talk to you, but I literally only have like five minutes because my sister's getting married soon. And they're like, <laughs> why'd you pick up? And I'm like, cause I've been waiting for two weeks. Like what's going on. And they're like, we want to welcome you to the Fox 59 family. You're going to be a co-host of Indie Now. It's going to start, you know, next month. And I'm like, what? And That's so then awesome. it's like, awesome. I'm in. <laughs> Send me whatever I need to sign. I, I got to go. And then it's like, I'm playing music at my sister's wedding. So we kind of had to keep that under wraps, you know, because it's like yeah. her day. Um, but my family was just so happy for me. And uh, it, it really, it's just now starting to feel really real. Um, when I heard from one of our, our marketing team members that uh, on, on our launch day, you know, they're like, oh man, the ratings are great for launch day. I'm like, what does this even mean? You know, like help me understand it in a different way. And she knew my background was straight no chaser. And so she said, let me put it this way. You just sold out three bankers life field houses downtown where the Pacers play. And I'm like, Oh, you're like, I okay. get that number. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, three of them. Okay. Wow. Wow. And now we're, we're hearing that at any given point, it's like in that hour, there's anywhere from like 30 to 75,000 people who are watching at any given moment. And it doesn't feel like that. Like that's a huge number. Um, yeah, but it doesn't feel like that. It feels like who's in front of me on the couch and the camera is just a casual observer, you know, but like today I had, um, and this is, I don't know when this is coming out, but this is November 10th. So my dad and the mayor of our city uh, came on to promote tomorrow's uh, November 11th uh, Veterans Day ceremony. My dad's a awesome. Navy veteran and uh, he emcees our city's Veterans Day ceremony. And so I was like, well, let's get you on the day before to promote it as opposed to like on the day to, you know, like, let's, let's get some people there. And it was so much fun where I'm like, I yeah. can't like I'm talking to my dad and the mayor right now, like in <laughs> front of that many people and I'm having a great time. And, um, you know, what I'm learning too, in that role, uh, Cole is that like, I have been preparing, like I, if you would have asked me when I was like 16, like, what do you want to do? It's like, I want to host a daily live morning show in Indianapolis. I wouldn't have said that. I probably would have said, I want to be an English teacher. Um, I want to maybe go into the military uh, go like into intelligence. Cause I liked that kind of stuff. Uh, or maybe like one day, like pie in the sky would be to sing in James Taylor's band. Um, because he's my number one influence as, yeah. a, as a artist, <laughs> but just the way that this was supposed to go was, nope, you were going to get a call from a friend who told you to submit your information. And now you're going to be co-hosting, uh, for that many people every day. And it's just so fun. Like the whole focus of the show is, um, local, um, positive, fun. Uh, we're, we're sharing like what's new in certain communities and, you know, now granted there are days where it's like, okay, well we're drinking margaritas because there's a new Mexican restaurant, you know, on the West side <laughs> of town and it's 
10 05 it's like great let's have a sip of a margarita um but it's been cool like i've been i've been able to sing i've been able to bring in a bunch of different talented musicians and other artists a buddy of mine john is a uh, a magician and like a mentalist here in indianapolis he's a friend of mine from church and like he's kind of becoming a recurring guest where people like i really like that magician john um you know and so the fact too one of the things that i love that we get to do is give a platform to nonprofits in our yeah. in our community. So it's not just Indianapolis, but it's central Indiana. So the the viewing uh, radius is pretty big. Um, but just you know, people who might not have the marketing budget, where I'm like, hey, let's come on, let's give you five minutes, like get people on the hook with your vision. Who do you serve? What problem are you trying to solve? And then what do you need? Like pull the heartstrings and then give a really clear call to action. Yeah. Um, and so that's been a joy for me to be able to hear from those guests of like how much uh, web traffic they got the day that they showed up, you know, to talk for five minutes about their upcoming fundraiser, you know, or something. And so that's been really cool too. Um, Mm -hmm. It's not like the Ryan show. I just get to be up there on the couch with them and keep the ball rolling and, uh, and kind of put, I I really like putting people at ease too. Like when it's very obvious that they've never been on live TV before. I'm like, (laughs) Hey, we're just having a conversation. Is it okay if I just try to make, do you remember that uh do you do you remember the kid uh the kid who kept saying apparently when he was getting interviewed i've never been on live television before apparently (laughs) yeah or like the one the uh the kid that was in the zombie makeup and she was like oh we got a zombie here he's like i like turtles (laughs) (laughs) like you never know what that's the thing when we had we've had uh we've had animals on we haven't any kids on yet um we got to do a segment a pre-recorded segment uh in our home where Olivia and Gus and Lauren That's awesome. uh, were featured and Gus at one point had the, uh, had the microphone and was interviewing his pumpkin <laughs> and then doing the voice <laughs> as the pumpkin. That's awesome. Um, Olivia interviewed our new fish that we have. Um, That's just good just, TV right there, man. Yeah. That's quality like, TV. <laughs> what is happening in front of me right now? Our kids are just you got kids interviewing inanimate objects and fish. <laughs> like that's awesome. Well, what was funny too, was the, uh, our photographer kind of just let them off the leash. She was like, Hey, have at it. I'll just capture all this video and we'll edit it to make it really good TV. People eat that stuff up, man. Oh dude, I was eating it up. I was watching our little kids. I'm like, what is happening right now? They're having so much fun. <laughs> and they heard me. So like when you do it, it's like, okay. in three, two and you don't do one so he can edit the you know the audio appropriately after the fact and gus and olivia who are four and seven respectfully um respectively uh they go okay so i'm just holding the okay three two like they started mimicking me and i'm like you're counting down like you're a reporter right now that's hilarious three two okay so we're here with mr noodle that's the name of their face (laughs) like mr noodle what are you doing today you know and so uh, it was just a joy for our family to be able to do, you know, so that is yeah. awesome. But the show's oh, going great. It. It's consistently we've been number one in our time slot uh, in the market since we launched. And I'm a I'm a hardcore three on the Enneagram. Uh, so the achiever in me um, loves the numbers, just loves those numbers. I'm like, great. We're setting the pace for everybody else. We're having fun doing it. We're making a good change in the community and we are rocking it. So it's, it's such a blessing though, man. Like, like, and I, I told my friends and I told Lauren, I was like, if I get this, it's just another reminder that God's at work. Like, because I was not looking for this at all. I wasn't even aware of it. Guess who it came from? A friend who was a believer who two years prior 
got me in uh, at that competitor station to like be a vocal coach for some of their on-air talent. And I'm like, talk about imposter syndrome at that point. I'm like, I've never taught anyone else how to speak and communicate. But then I realized, oh wait, I've been on stages since I was like five. Like I can do this and I can teach them how to do it. And, but what I learned was it wasn't teaching them how to use their voice. It was like building up their confidence in who they were. That's kind of the, the lane that I like to work in where it's like, yeah, I can teach you how to do well behind a mic, but like, I want to get to who you are because when, when you show people who you are truly like, that's going to resonate with them. I hate it. Yeah. Like in church, especially when like a worship artist or a worship leader will like put on a different voice like when he or she is singing, it just yeah. grates at me. And I'm just like, you're kind of being like, not yourself right now. Like this is, I'm, I've kind of got a wall up right now because I don't feel yep. like you're being you. Yeah. You know, and not every worship leader is like that, but like the ones where I'm just like, I don't know, didn't really resonate fully with me. Cause I felt like they weren't themselves. And I've fallen mm -hmm. into that trap too, man, where like there was a season when I was down in Bloomington after college where I had a band called the Mitchell street band with uh, my buddy, Mike Luganville, Nick Janicki, uh, Eugene and Darnell. And the, the five of us would play the bluebird on like a Tuesday night for like seven people. And it was a blast. But like <laughs> in that season, I was, I was trying vocally to be someone else. Like, I'm yeah. like, I kind of want to sound like John Mayer. I kind of want to sound like, uh, this artist or that artist. And I'm like, this isn't me at all. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, I I've been guilty of it too, but um, so anyway, the, the whole show, I, I knew God was at work with it. Cause I was like, if I get this, it's all him. And right. sure enough, dude, it was just one domino fell. Another one fell. And I was just like, I'm going to see where this goes. And yeah. it's, yeah, I know a year from now, I'm going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. talk about, I, and who knows what's going to, where it's going to lead. That's the right. fun part though. That's the fun part is discovering it, you know, as we go. So. I love what you said there. Cause I mean, obviously like you and I talk quite a bit, but like the, so much of what I write about and what my book that I'm writing is about is on comparison. And it's about being the mm. person God has intended you to be in, in, in a yeah. very simple way. But what you're talking about is so true where um, like the premise of my book sits on the fact that we try to put all these different pieces of armor on to make us look or be somebody that we're not. Mm. And I think it's very easy for us to want to take on the appearance of somebody else. Like I've written about how I've struggled with that of being a chameleon, you know, and especially mm. in terms of, friend groups or whatever. Like I, I, I teach vocab to my English kids every week. One of the words this week is assimilate. And I think oh, that nice. I, I feel like I assimilate a lot to certain surroundings that I'm in versus simply being who I know that I am intended to be. And, and uh, one of my favorite authors, Hannah Brincher posted, you know, she's a, a very renowned author. Uh, and in the, in the writer space, if you go to any writer's conference or do any of these think tanks, these trainings, a lot of what they're telling you to do is stuff like, oh, you know, TikTok is really popular now. So you got to be doing reels on Instagram. You got to be doing videos. You got to do this and this and this and this. And like, yeah. I'll be honest with you, none of that is me. Yeah. And none of that was Hannah either. Yeah. And so she posted recently about how she tried to do all this stuff and it felt so exhausting because she was like, I just was trying to keep up. And she's like, every time that I posted a video or posted a reel, it just felt so odd. And so she's like, yeah. I just started going back to doing what I knew that I was good at and what I believed I was good at. And she's like, I'm not doing this to brag, but like during that time period, whenever I went back to do this, my engagement went up and it was like several hundred percent on Instagram. Yep. Like people, people wanted what they came 
to 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 follow yeah. her for. They didn't come to her to be somebody else. And I was actually the other day I was I was re-listening to um, this episode that I recorded with a guy named Luke Norsworthy for this uh, other podcast that I helped produce. And he was talking about, cause he wrote a book about comparison last year. Uh, that was kind of the, the spark for the book that I'm writing. And he talked about how, like, you know, at the end of the life, God's not going to say, Luke, why weren't you more like Ryan Allward? He's going to be like, why weren't mm. you more like Luke Norsworthy? And yeah. I just think that's such a good, that's such a good word that so many Man, people, good. like a lot of us want to be so many other people. We want to be like Michael Jordan. We want to be this famous actor. And it's like, what yeah. I, what I have stayed true to is, you know, whenever you try to be somebody that you're not, what you're doing is actually not only robbing yourself of greatness that God has planned for you, but you rob the world of that, of what you could bring individually. Cause like you, Ryan, there's nobody like you in the world. If you try to be like me, well, there's already one of me. We don't need two of me. You know, we need one of Ryan, one of Cole. And I just think that so many people need to hear that because I'm so guilty of this guy's really good at playing guitar. He's like, we have this guy at our church, Tyler. His name is Tyler Lindsay. He's our worship pastor. Love Tyler. Super talented singer, like super talented speaker, uh, just a super engaging guy. It's like, I would love to have those skills. God mm. didn't bless me with those skills, but he did yeah. bless me with other skills that other people don't have. And so um, going off on a tangent here, but I just, I love what you had to say about that because That's I good. think it's so true of like, you know, we stay in, you mentioned earlier, staying in your lane of like the things that you know you're good at. Yeah. Like that's, that hits so true with me. I love it. Well, thanks, man. I'm, I'm glad it does. I, I think I've been doing a lot of soul searching, even like in the process of becoming a dad, you know, mm-hmm. my oldest of the two is seven. And so like, there's different phases in that, but like just now it's really turned a corner where I've gotten like really reflective of like, Olivia is now old enough to be having experiences that if her journey is similar to mine, I really start remembering things when I was about six, seven years old. Right. You know, um, Gus is just in the moment and I'm envious of him. Like he's just always in the moment of whatever's in front of him just, Mm -hmm. and he forgets it. Like as soon as it's (laughs) passed, he doesn't try to hold on to it. He doesn't try to look forward to tomorrow. He's just like, what am I doing right now? Which Mm -hmm. is pretty awesome space to be in. But Olivia is creating these memories and I'm trying to create them for her. And Lauren is as well of like things that we know she will hold on to. There's a line in a new song that I'm writing uh, called The Good Old Days. And it actually yeah. comes from the the inspiration came from I'm a huge Office fan. And uh, Ed Helms plays Andy Bernard. And uh, it's eerie that like when I watch that show, I'm like, I feel like you I used him. to work with someone. Yeah. yeah. I, like I used <laughs> to work with someone who became a writer on the office that was like, I've got someone for inspiration. Cause like, there's things that he says where I'm like, I just said that like yesterday, like, that's so weird. And there's one yeah. thing he says in the finale where he goes, I wish there was a way to know that you're in the good old days before you leave them. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that in the finale, I just lost it. And, um, I, I've been playing with that idea of like, these are the good old days. And, um, I released a version of old Lang Syne for my Christmas album that came out in 19 and we kind of did like a different section of Auld Lang Syne that we wrote, me and my producer. Uh, and we just kind of explored, what does it even mean? Like, and it's like, cheers to the good old days. So I'm like, huh. And then I'm like, okay, I love looking back and I'm getting better at looking forward. But I'm like, these right now are the days that we are going to be talking about. Like right now, like this is the good old days, like these. And so I wanted to riff on that to have a non-Christmas song. And the, the, uh, the bridge lyrics are, um, 
well, first of all, verse one is about me being a kid, 16 years old. Verse two is about me being like 22 years old. And then the bridge uh, is if I knew then what I know now, would I ever have become myself? And it's yeah. just kind of this thing where it's like, we want to know what's ahead of us. We totally want to look in that crystal ball or Marty McFly it and go into the future and come back and, you know, patch things up that, but it's like, I don't think if we knew the future, if we all knew that 2020 was going to happen, if we knew that we were going to experience the loss and the grief, you know, what, and the joys, um, I don't think we would have been able to enjoy it as much as deeply in that moment or not even enjoy because the reality dude is like, there's been plenty of moments where I'm just like, this moment sucks right now. Yeah. But that's still life. You know, it's still like, it's still good. You know, the essence of it, the grit of it, the grit is actually the good part. Like, right. And, and so that's just kind of been this concept. Like I know creatively and artistically, that's probably going to be coming out in the next batch of songs that I'm writing. Um, it's just that journey of reflection that 2020 has kind of given me as a gift. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like that old adage. It's like, you got to write what you know, you know? And so I've just been toying with those concepts and the kids are like little mirrors too, man. Like the kids are just like giving me idea after idea. There's another song I'm working on called uh, um, if I'm not around. And I don't know why I thought this, but I was like, you know, I think I'm going to live to be like 80, 85. You know, the men in my family tend to live really old. What if that doesn't happen? Mm -hmm. What would I want my wife and kids to know? And yeah. so it's not a song for my audience. It's a song specifically for my wife and kids. And I've what's cool is I've already played snippets of it for friends and been like, it has moved them. And I'm like, I'm glad it moves you. But this song is really meant to be like a little love letter to my family if it ends for me tomorrow. Yeah. And so there's an urgency of like wanting to get this song really right and get it recorded. Um, the first line when I wrote it, I there's there's moments in songwriting with with the way that I've done it too, man, where like there have been songs that I've definitely like pen to paper, I've come up with the idea. Then there's other moments where the idea hits me. I don't know where it comes from. Like I don't mm -hmm. know how that process happens, but it just bowls me over and I'm like, ooh, I need to keep following this rabbit trail here. Mm -hmm. And when I wrote, um, if you'll indulge me, uh, it went, uh, uh, if I'm not around to walk you down the aisle, pace around a waiting room when you have your first child, if I'm not around, I need you to know, mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what I'm putting there yet, lyrically. Right. But the first time I was like, if I'm not around to walk you down the aisle or pace around a waiting room when you have your first child, I was like, I started weeping like a baby. That's, and yeah, the first verse is for my daughter, second verse is for my son, third verse is for my wife. And I'm like, I love it. I, I was like, I almost can't write this song yet. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't know yet what I'm going to say in that little moment in the, at the end of each verse. And I'm still figuring that out and I'm wrestling with it. And I love that part of the creative process where it's like, I love how it sounds already too. I love oh, that. Thanks man. It's, it's yeah. cool. It's um, the, the, the second part is, I don't know where this is coming from. Call it growing up and older. 
and watching tiny pieces of my heart living outside of me. I hope I get to see it all this side of heaven. But if heaven calls early, if I'm not around. So it's like, it's kind of this moment of like, listen, I don't know when it's going to be my time to go. I think right. I have this picture of it. But if and when that happens, here's what I need you still to, here's the truths that I need you to hold on to. And so I'm still figuring out what those truths are and trying to like write them into a good lyric. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, it's like, I'm excited about the songs that haven't even been written yet, Yeah, you know, and, and discovering them and, and tinkering on them. So, yeah, I think like that, that song personally sounds beautiful for many reasons, but one, I lost my mom whenever I was 14. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I can resonate with all of that, you know, like I wish my mother could have seen me go down the aisle and yeah. been there. I mean, I'm so grateful to have a father and a stepmother and all yeah. that, but you know, it's, you never know. I mean, my mom yeah. got sick. She was 49 years old. She had lupus, lung cancer, mm -hmm. other things. And you, you just, you just never know, you know, I, yeah, I don't, man. I don't think, I mean, she, I don't think you, I don't think Josh was even married at that point. I mean, so she, you know, she missed out on all three of her kids and you know, that's a, a feeling that, you know, I, I don't, I don't have any kids yet, but yeah, you know, I, I certainly can resonate with that too. So that's a beautiful yeah, song, man. Thanks, bud. It's, uh, it's kind of that bittersweet. It's like life is completely bittersweet and there's going to be moments where it's way more bitter than sweet and yeah. the other way around. Um, but I think I've just been learning lately, like on a journey of trying to become the man, the husband, the follower of Jesus, the dad, the artist, the friend, the son that I'm trying to be best. Like I've kind of stopped comparing myself to uh, like we were talking about, like I've stopped comparing myself to other guys who were dads and been like, man, that dad is awesome. But I've tried to get closer to my dad I've tr and we're super close already. Or I've tried to like, um, just like learn how to, uh, take the good of what I know and pour it right into my kids' lives, man. Yeah. One of the best pieces of advice that I got from um, a friend of mine who's, uh, who's about 20 years older, his kids are older. Um, he said, hey, do you wanna, you wanna know the best thing that you can do for your kids? And I'm like, yeah, what? And I'm like, okay, go ahead, tell me, what is it? And he goes, love their mom really well in front of them. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's good. That is that's so awesome. good just love their mom really well in front of them. And I've held on to that man. And like Lauren and I've grown closer this year of just like, um, we've been, we've had a lot of heartache on our plate at moments too, you know, loss, loss of relationships, um, dealing with just stuff within our family that we never saw coming, you know, and, and navigating that together. And it's like, that's kind of what, marriage is about too. like, I'm, I'm actually going to officiate my first ever uh, marriage in, uh, in January, some former That's young awesome. life kids, uh, one, yes. of, one of the former That's young cool. life kids. Yeah. Who are now like getting married and they're like, they sat me down for coffee and I'm like, they're going to ask me to sing at their wedding. And of course I'm going to say yes. And then they dropped the bomb. They were like, Hey, we actually want you to officiate. And I'm like, <gasps> so then you should pull a fast one on them and put some singing in the officiating <laughs> part of it. So rather than just yeah. saying it, you should sing it to them. They, go. they got to yeah, sing just, it back to you. Oh, yeah. there's a guitar here. Huh? <laughs> um, Do you take this woman to have and to hold? There you go. Make a song out of it. I love it. Um, but just like, what am I going to talk to these? And they're not kids, but like, they're, what would I, 
what do I wish that someone would have told me about marriage at 24? I think I was 26, maybe 27 when, when Lauren and I got married, just like, what do I wish that I, like, if I could Marty McFly it, like, what would I go whisper in my ear and be like, all right, I'm going to go back to the future now, but just keep this in mind. Um, yeah. So it's, it's crazy, man. I don't, I don't feel 40 like many days now, some days when I get to bed, I'm, I'm like, oh yeah, that's 40. But like other days I'm just like, I, I still feel like in many ways, I'm still kind of the 17 year old kid who wants to make music and laugh and yeah. be with friends and see the world a little bit and try to change the world a little bit. And, uh, just try to, I think that's kind of more what I'm learning about my calling too. And that, that artistry and creativity and whatever that is, whether it's music or voiceover or funny voices for aliens or, you know, a podcast about the presidents, <laughs> like that, that all just gets to be the vehicle. That's the medium through which the positivity, the hope, the joy I, yeah. uh, can, can flow. I want someone to go, what's behind that? Why, why are you so happy? Yeah. Why are you? And I'm not always happy, but like, why are you just really excited to be here in this moment right now? Mm-hmm. And uh, that those are the kind of conversations that I'm trying to provoke. And it's not like a 12 step discipleship program. It's just yeah. like kind of talking about where I like, from whom I get, like, what's the source of that hope? Yeah. What's the source of the joy, even in the midst of a crazy pandemic election cycle year with all this stuff going on around us? Like where, how, how do you still get that hope? Yeah, man, that hook is sticking to my head now. I think you need to make fun of that song. Cause I was thinking as you were talking, do you take this woman to have and to hold then you could make something rhyme something about when we grow old or something hey. like that. I, I I was trying to think of like what could the next like I think you got a song that you got a marriage song that you could write with those with those words right there. Give me a little bit That's of credit. It's called for the, First Corinthians thirteen. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> rhyme it with. Do you take this woman to have and to hold? Something about taking care of each other as we grow old. Well, I don't there, know. In in the same song, uh, if I'm not around, there's a lot there. Lauren's verse. So Gus's verse is um. If I'm not around to teach you how to drive or hear you say, dad, I think I found my wife. If I'm not around, I need you to know. And then I still haven't written the last line of the verse. Lauren's is, um, if I'm not around to say our last goodbye and watch our children grow and have children of their own. If I'm not around, I need you to know dot, dot, dot. So like there's, I'm going for the heartstrings and jugular on this song, but it's almost like I'm going for my own. It's like, let's get really vulnerable. Like let, like, I want to almost go back to that moment of like, why did this make me weep when I wrote about Olivia? And like, yeah, w- yeah it's like, what, what's the last thing you would ever want to say to someone? If you, yeah. if you had to, if you knew it was coming, but they didn't, what would you want to share? And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I hope that that song moves people. I also hope that my kids never have to hear it in the moment of dad's gone you know, but, uh, but if right. they do, I've got something ready for them, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and I think yeah. that, you know, other, I know it's meant to be for your, your family, but I know that other people will listen to that. And, you know, unfortunately for some people that will be true and it'll, it'll mean a lot, you know, I mean, yeah. cause like, this is what I think is beautiful about artists, writers, musicians, especially musicians. Like, you know, I, I have the gift of being able to write, but I, I can't think musically about anything. And I think that musicians can say so much in such little time. Like I, I have to write 3000 words to communicate something properly, but a musician can say the same thing 
that this is why I mentioned Chris Renzema earlier. Yeah. His, his lyrics have been, and we got a chance. He played like a, a show at a coffee shop in Nashville, just a pop-up show shortly before his tour and Emily and I had already planned on being in Nashville that day. And we were like, Oh my goodness, we've got to stop by. And we were fortunate to get to go and talk to him after. And, you know, Emily's family has been through a lot this past year and and his music has really just carried us through so much of it. And I got a chance to tell him, I was like, your lyrics are just amazing. And it's, I, I didn't know what else to say, but like musicians can say like, so like the things that he was communicating in his songs were things that I've tried to communicate with thousands of words in a written piece. And yeah. he was saying it, you know, just because you put a melody to it and it just makes it just hits, hits different, literally. I mean, sure. it hits different. And so like the, the message that you're talking about with the song, I mean, it's powerful. And I think that's what musicians can do is, is just be able to communicate thoughts like that in a way that others can't, because you're able to put it to yeah. music and a melody and, you know, you add a, a guitar strum to it. Yeah. Like if I were, if you were to just read those words as a poem, maybe it wouldn't hit as deep, but you put sure. it to music and it, and it's, and it hits different. Yeah. It's, and, and to sing it or to produce it in a way, you know, for a recording that, that people can pull up at any moment and listen to that's, I mean, and again, though, to be in that space when it's happening, that's one of those ones that I look forward to, to being able to perform real. I, first I got to finish writing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's kind of the high of songwriting of like being able to know this is moving someone right now. And the thing I yeah. love about music too, like not to get too like woo woo, but like music is just stuff moving through the air. Yeah. Like it's, it's literal sound waves that I'm creating and making to go over it into your ears and your brain goes, Ooh, this is fun. But like to, to meet someone on the heart level through music, through a story, through um, a live performance, uh, you can't always do that in Zoom. Sometimes you can. Sometimes you can, and it's an awesome moment. Um, Zoom allowed me to play for people that I probably otherwise would not have met. Right. And, you know, people going through it. it and that's what it, it's a door opener, right? Like your podcast, your book, you know, my guitar, my voice. Um, it's a door opener that allows real conversation to happen and real, um, relationship and community to happen and impact to happen. And that to me is like, music's just a tool that I get to use. And that's why I steward it. Like as a three on the Enneagram, I'm like excellence and productivity, efficiency, right? Like that is my wheelhouse. Everything I do, everything I create, I want to do with excellence. And I've learned it's not just so I can have that. Those are great. Um, and I have them there for a reason. <laughs> like, yeah, it's great. Awesome. Super proud of the work we did. But if all it is, is that pointless, right? But it's, it's an opportunity to, um, to say, like, I do this with excellence, because I am trying my best to reflect an excellent creator, the most excellent creator, where if, if I'm made in his image, it is like this, this, the parable that, that Jesus shares about uh, the, the, the guy with the talents, the manager who gives, you know, he's like, hey, here's bag of money, bag of money, bag of money. I'm going to go away for a little while. You guys invest it for me. And like the other guys, you know, it's like, oh, I did three towns. He's like, or three bags back. And he's like, great, you got three towns to manage. The other guy does 10. He's like, great, you got 10. The other guy's like, I buried it because I thought you were a shrewd and, you know, overbearing guy. And he's like, out with you. Like right. there is, there is. I do think that God 
has uh, the expectation of a return on his investment in us. Right. And that's what I don't want to squander, man. Like I don't want to waste or disrespect or dishonor what he has given me. And so that's why I want to be the best host, voiceover artist, musician, singer, songwriter, dad, husband, all those things. I'm like, whatever role I'm wearing, whatever hat I'm wearing, I want to do it with excellence. Not, mm -hmm. not for ego, not for not like, not so I can get the recognition. Dude, the fact is like, I'm, I'm kind of small potatoes compared to straight no chaser when like, it's kind of like as an artist, I might've peaked. That's okay. Because I still get to create with a, um, with a community that is like probably in my Patreon group that thank you for your support, by the way, I know you're, <laughs> you've been a long time patron. Like there's maybe about 200 in there, like total where I'm like, I can drill deep. I I'm way more like, I want to go drill deep as opposed to wide. Right. Like I'd rather be a mile deep with people than, an, than a mile wide and an inch deep. Right. Um, that's just kind of how I'm wired. And so if I can make that kind of impact with the time that I've got and the talents that I have, like at the end of the day, like, I just kind of want to be like, all right, I'm leaving this place empty, man. Like I've tried to pour so much goodness into other people around me. And honestly, bro, like the, it's, it's also opened my eyes to how important it is to sometimes just focus on like core family. Like yeah. COVID got things really tight, right? Where I'm looking around, I'm like, how's Olivia? How's Gus? How's Lauren? How am I? Okay, we're good. Okay, now let's go beyond that. It's like right. uh, an, another uh, guy that I look up to um, in, my, in my life, he was just like, I'm trying, he goes, I'm trying to be famous in my own home. Yeah, I'm not trying to be, he's like, that's the place I'm trying to be most famous is in my own home. And I'm like, dude, that's amazing. That's such a good thing for a guy in my position in life as a dad to young kids right now that um, I want to pour into them in ways that when they're my age, they still want to connect the way that I still want to connect with my parents, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so that's what I'm trying to do, man. That's, that's what I'm trying to be. And it's been a journey and it, it's certainly not, you know, been perfect, but I don't think right. it has to be like for us, it's like, just aim for excellence, man. Perfection. Yeah. You'll never get, you'll never right. like one person has got, has gotten it perfect. Yeah. You're not going to be that person. <laughs> no, pff, no, heck no. Like yeah. just keep, but we get to follow that person and model after that person as well as we can. And we know that there's grace and truth on the other side of it. Um, when we do, you know, totally mess up. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's the gift of right now. Yeah. You know? Um, so Wow, we're getting well, deep, bro. I love this. <laughs> yeah, we all we always do. I mean, we can't. It's not we we're like, hey, I will just, you know, we'll touch touch base and talk a little bit. No, like it's yeah. deep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, deep. see, <laughs> you, you you talked a little bit about like living in the moment. And it's funny because I came into this, I was like, I had a I had a question that I wanted to ask. Yeah. At, towards for the end, and it's it is kind of forward looking. I mean, like if if we're planning to talk again in a year from now, like yeah. one of the things I'm curious is like, you know, what what are you hoping? your I, I guess not not what your life looks like a year from now but like what are you hoping to accomplish in the next year you know whenever we talk again a year from now or so like yeah what are you hoping um what are the doors that you're hoping will be opened or just things that you have that are yeah. that you're excited about that you hope to see come fruition i guess what whenever we talk again next time 
what are you hoping to be able to be celebrating? Great question. I know that I am um, recalibrating a lot of just the different projects and venues and things that I'm doing because I do sense that um, certainly by this time next year, but maybe as soon as the top of next year, um, the show will need me to go full-time. I'm in a part-time role right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my co-host Jillian is, is full-time. And, and so with that comes some more responsibilities. Like I'm in it like eight 30 and I'm out at like two. Um, but the show is growing and, uh, I've been in a lot of different successful growth phases of other groups. Straight No Chaser is the perfect example of that, where it's like, right. Yeah, we need all hands on deck right now. We need total focus. And so that's something that I'm learning. Like if I just keep the pace of all the different things that I'm doing at the level that they're at right now, every relationship around me that I have is going to suffer. Um, right because I'm going to be just fried. And so I am actively and strategically tweaking those things and saying no to a lot of good opportunities that I have worked my butt off for the past five years to try to be able to have that luxury and privilege to be able to say no to things as opposed to I've got to take this because I just have to, you know, like it's not even driving my passion. I just have to have it for the financial side of it for me. God's blessed the the financial side of things where I can go, okay, let's, let's have a design where I can have my cake and eat it too, but let's just do yeah. this wisely, you know, yeah. where it's like, I, you know, the podcast at one point is going to end because we're going to run out of presidents, but it's like, Ooh, that's kind of fun. What could we do after that? Is it a same yeah. model and template, but it's a different topic or do we just right. dive deeper into the president stuff? I'm like, Ooh, that's kind of fun. One thing I'm learning too, is that it's not just what I get to create that I love, but it's with whom I get to create it. Yeah. It's those team of collaborators that um, have really become super close friends through this, the fun stuff that we get to have. And I'm like, Oh, this is kind of the adult version of like a sandbox. Yeah. Like I love what we're doing right now and we get to hang out and we're, we're nerding out about something we're passionate about, but it's really the relational stuff after the, the mics are off where real life happens you know i think a year from now like i i just dude three months ago i didn't even know that this opportunity of me hosting the show indie now was even a thing so i'm kind of just in the moment right now um i don't even i can't even fathom where the show is going to be a year from now so part of me goes uh I think probably in 22, I'll be writing and recording and releasing a new original collection of songs. I don't want to put an album name on that or if it's just a bunch of singles. I don't know. Um, I do know that I'm throttling back a lot of the public performing that I'm doing and focusing more on private performances, not just from a financial standpoint, but just from a mental health standpoint. Um and kind of like how I've seen myself grow as a live performer where I'm like, I think I've been doing this one gig for like three years. It's time to kind of tweak and eventually graduate and kind of shift over here. And so I think my ability to pivot and, and adapt um, with the projects that I have to do has just grown over the past, just it's matured as I have over the past couple mm-hmm. of years. Um, I think it excites me to do more stuff with uh, small town city 
with my buddy Mike Luganbill. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Of, of Straight No Chaser. You know, he's on. He's repping right a shirt. For those of you that can't see it on video, he's repping a small town city shirt. Yeah. You go get your merch. Brand. Yeah, come yeah, on. Go, go, get, go get your merch. What is it? Smalltownsity.com? I don't know. Uh, you can get Small it at RyanSongs.com. Yeah, it's kind of the umbrella company for everything. Yeah. But I think, you know, and again, that's that's sort of like Mike's in Nashville. I'm in Indy. We do a lot of writing individually and we'll send each other, you know, voice notes. But like, there is nothing like writing music with, you know, your longtime friend in the same space. And Mike and I are super productive. So like when we get together, it's like we can have... 10 different ideas happen in a weekend, mm-hmm. you know, where if that's all we were doing in Nashville together, um, it'd be a great songwriting team. I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to do or what he's supposed to do, but for what we're doing, where we've been releasing about a song a month this year, it works great. Like yeah. he's got a really busy life with straight no chaser too, you know? So he's still touring and and doing his thing. And he got to like record a song with Kenny Loggins at Kenny Loggins home in California, like the other month. I'm like, I saw that. I did see that. I did see him post about that. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Like, do you remember when we were 16, like in choir class? Like what? Now you're seeing highway to the danger zone guy. Um, so yeah, I think I'm excited about music. I'm really excited about moon detectives, the show that I'm voicing, um, Lee Blump. Uh, I think the podcast will have its really fun journey over the next year. I think the show will just continue to grow and succeed. Um, but yeah, man, that's the fun is kind of like, you, you know, you put your plan together and then things happen and the plan has to shift, but God's in control and he's got it on lock and we just get to try to keep up and, and just be with him and be with the people around us and do what we're designed to do and be who we're designed to be. And so for me, that's life. Yeah. If I'm doing that and if I'm, if I'm succeeding, a big fear of mine is succeeding at the things that like doing really, really well at the things that I'm not supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So so now I have these platforms where it's like, no, 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 you can be a podcast nerd and you can be a voiceover artist and silly, and you can make music that is going to stir people for hope and positivity. And you can be on a morning show and like, you can be a dad and a husband. And it's like, continue to take care of yourself in that. But like, this is all for you. Like it's, it's a banquet table, man. Like, yeah, let's enjoy it. And so that, that's what I'm excited about. Just continued um, creativity and growth and fun stuff that I get to do, man. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I'm excited to, to hear updates. Cause I, if, like I said, when we got on here, it just feels like every time we talk, it's like, you've either got a new album that's out, you've got, to, so next year, do you know what, do you know which decade it's going to be next year that you're going for, for your well, decades so album? If I had to pick today, first of all, I think I'm going to do more originals than covers next year. Like I did, okay. I've been doing covers since like probably 18 or 19 and straight no chaser was such a covers heavy, you know, era of my life. Right. I think I want to sink my teeth into originals next year and re-explore okay. that. But the next decade album that I would say that I would do, I just love the sixties, man. Yeah. I love the Beatles. I love the beach boys. I love Sam cook. I love, um, just that whole era. I mean, I I've done seventies, eighties and nineties and Christmas. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of an old soul too. Like I've thought about doing like a forties, like mm. I just love swing, big band, jazz uh that yeah. was the music that my grandparents really raised me on was their generation of music and so um i just love that era too so either 40s or 60s i think probably 60s 
Okay. We'll see though. Who knows, dude. And I'm excited for your, like the fact that you're writing a book and that you've got this podcast that is too, like just started as an idea, you know, it's like, be careful, be careful what you put pen to paper about because then it's like, oh wow, now I get to go create it. It's like, yep. And now it's like, Ooh, but I got to cultivate it and take care of it and steward it. It's like, yeah, that's the fun part. It was, it was a little bit of a challenge because I had to make a tough decision this year. Um, so I got, I got accepted into this. I think we talked a lot. Last time we talked, I had just found out that I was accepted into this. Uh, it was called the book proposal Boot Camp, And it was this like 12 week training program that I went through over the summer. And it was put on through uh, Lisa Turkhurst, who's like a pretty renowned Christian author, but her, she has this author training company called compel training that it's, I mean, almost all of the Christian authors that you actually, I would say all of them, but a lot of the Christian authors that you've read have probably gone through her training and it's, it, I mean, I was one of like a hundred or so people that got chosen for that, that, that semester of it, which was kind of a big deal. And I had to make a decision to pause my podcast for several months mm-hmm. because I knew that if I wanted to do that right and really be present and focused on what, cause I knew that what, when I came out of that training, I had a, a completed book proposal that was going to mm-hmm. be ready to send to agents. And I was like, this is what I've been preparing to do for years. So I had to make a decision. I, I at the end of March, I stopped recording my podcast until like the start of September. So I went from April because I started that program at the beginning of May. And so I was trying to use April to like get everything situated. And then while I was in that throughout the whole summer, I was still recording episodes, but I wasn't producing any until I got done with it. And so I gave myself kind of the month before and the month after as a buffer to sort of prepare then decompress because it was a pretty even though I was off of school and I wasn't working as a teacher, yeah. it was a lot of just a lot of training and I uh, so I, I it was a little strange like getting out of the rhythm of producing a podcast every week and then now even I've kind of pulled back and I'm doing it every other week just simply because yeah. I've actually t- I've taken on a part time job where I'm producing three other shows for people and so like I just you know, I, I, like you were talking about earlier, like you don't know when things are going to come up. It's like, I've had to adapt and adjust. And so when we talked last time, it was episode 52. This is like episode like 77 or something. So it's like, it hasn't been a full year of episodes, but, uh, but it's, it was hard. Like I had to pull back, but, um, yeah, it's been a, been a wild year. It's been a, been a wild year of, of transition and adapting and trying to figure out like, how to best use my time and yeah. be disciplined, be more disciplined. I shouldn't say be disciplined because I still haven't mastered that, but be more disciplined than I was yeah. before, I guess. Sure. But yeah, it's like um, another friend of mine said, you know, cause I'm like, man, why do I keep getting tripped up with this or about that? Or like this rhythm of my life is like, you know, just, I always fall into this one thing, you know, in this rut. And she's like, well, yeah, like you're 40, but you're always going to be a child of God. Yeah. She's like, you're not going to be a yeah. grown man of God. You're like, you're, you're still a child. You're still his kid. Like he knows who he's working with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah. And there was comfort in that of like, Oh, I can let myself off the hook and stop beating myself up when, yeah, you know, I have to change and I feel like, ah, but I got to go here. I got to go here. It's like, no, it's okay. Just what, what's happening in this moment right now? Like wh- who's mm-hmm. in front of you right now? Like take care of those people, take care of yourself, do good work like be be who you're created to be i think is ultimately what we're supposed to be doing it's like i think he gets the most delight in seeing his kids be who he designed them to be not just doing what he wants them to do but like the the it's like my my friend darren who's a pastor he's like well there's a reason why we're human beings and not human doings yeah 
you know, it's like, we're, we're supposed to be who he's created us to be. And that's been huge for me is just kind of uncovering those gifts, uncovering the strengths and, and, and accepting them and not apologizing or not like trying to be like, well, uh, what's my, what's my uncle going to think, or what's my so-and-so going to think, or what are my old friends going to think? It's like, it really doesn't matter. They might think whatever they think, but that's also none of your business, what they think. Right. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, yeah. I mean, um, fear, fear was a big, like, I remember when I first had the idea to write a book and for some reason I felt like if I shared it publicly, that it was going to hold me accountable. And I remember sitting on the couch mm. and being so worried about what people were going to think. If I had said that I was going to write a Christian book, I was so yeah. feared, fearful of being made fun of or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, and I remember I had this whole blog post typed out and Emily was like, what are you afraid of? And I was mm. like, I don't know. I, Cause I mean, when I worked in sports journalism, I mean, you kind of build this uh, identity, this kind of cynical identity working in journalism. It's kind of toxic. And like you cultivate this platform of people that you connect with that are used to you being one way. And it's like, I, I know that that crowd is going to mock me and yeah. I'm fearful of being mocked for that, for the, and so I was just like, I am fearful of how people are going to respond. So, um, you're kind of getting there, like just not really caring what people think about things that you do. I mean, it's natural, but ultimately like if God has called you to do something, that's the calling that you need to, that you need to yeah. go after and not, not worry about what these earthly people, because honestly, we're, if, if we're doing things for the Lord, People, people are going to be confused that aren't in the Lord because we, you know, God, Jesus was not of this world. I mean, it was like right. and the things that we're doing, like we should not be falling in line with worldly things. We should be different. We're called to be yeah. different. And so that's natural to, to feel like, well, I'm going to stick out. And it's like, well, maybe that's a good thing. If you're doing something yeah. in the name of God and people wonder about it, that's not a bad thing, actually. It's, right. you know, lean it, lean into that feeling yep. if you, people who are listening to, to this and maybe maybe you've got a creative idea or whatever and, and you're fearful about it and not sure where to go i mean lean into that because yeah that's ultimately like in my opinion that is the enemy 100 trying to hold us back from what we're called to do because he knows yeah. like for me he knew that social perception and what people thought about me was important to me and he knew yeah. that uh I, I, that I'm not very good at handling public criticism of mm. stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I think whenever you have a, a calling from God, Satan will always try to, to remind you of your biggest insecurities that would hinder you from doing that. That's a really good word, man. Like if you think of what he tried to tempt the Lord with right after his baptism, where it's like, turn the bread or turn the stones into bread. So it's like fleshly, like needs, desires. He was like, no, <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then he took him up to the height of the temple, right? And showed him like all the kingdoms. So he's like, okay, just, you know, what about fame? What about glory? He's like, I already have that. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, there's one author. I can't remember what it was. There's a great book. Gosh, one of those amazing books that I read. It's called uh, Jesus, a Theography. Mm. Um, and it's by these two guys. I can't remember the name of them, but it's just called Jesus, a Theography. You can get it for probably 20 bucks on Amazon. It's great. Or your local bookstore. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but there was, there was a thing in it where it was like, if you want to know how much, uh, worship is worth, ask Satan, because he was willing to give up everything that he had. If Jesus just worshiped him. 
Yeah. And it's like worship is so (laughs) important and like so powerful. And like, there's moments too, man, where I'm like, I don't, I, I can worship alone in my car. Like I learned to give myself a lot of grace that like worship at church doesn't really get me going. Like it just doesn't like, I kind of stand there awkwardly. I just feel awkward in church. Like I've never raised my hands in church once ever, bro. I'm I'm like, I would break out in a sweat. Like I get why people walk into churches and we're like this, what are, what are we doing here? Cause it makes me feel awkward. But my posture is more, I've learned that I'm more of kind of like, as far as worship goes, a naturalist and an ascetic where if I'm outside and if I'm alone, I could be mowing the grass. I could be taking a walk alone. It doesn't have to be like some beautiful, like Vista. It could be just down the street alone. Phone is, you know, back home or in my pocket. And I'm just like, ugh, alone in my car again, kind of just driving that to me. And it's like, you don't even have to like out, like outwardly say the prayer. It's like, gosh, that worship moment can just, and that's community, right? That's, that's relationship. That's what he's after. It's like, we're, we're made from relationship for relationship. And so in those moments, however it is, whether it it could be with your two best friends, that's worship for you. And in that moment, great for me, it's more often when I'm alone or, um, just outside where, uh, for me, I go, okay, this is, this is how I'm wired. And then it allows me also to go that person's wired differently. And that's perfectly okay. Yeah. <laughs> like kind of this to your point of like skills and talents. It's like the way that they connect with God is totally different than mine. And that's yeah. fine. Like we don't, we shouldn't be the same. Yeah. I love what you're saying about worship and this, I, I, I literally just, produced this episode earlier today. So I, one of the shows that I produce uh, for Sports Spectrum, which is this magazine and website that I work with that covers kind of the, the faith aspect of sports. Yeah. Um, one, of, one of our shows, it's called Get in the Game, and it's hosted by Scott Linebrink. He used to play in the major leagues. And this episode this, uh, that came out uh, recently with Sean Casey, he played in the major leagues. I'm going to play this clip because I just, I just created this clip for his show earlier. It's about a one minute long, but he's saying exactly what you're saying. I think it's such a great word. So I was trying to find it. Here we go. All right. Worship. Oh. You know, I didn't, you know, I didn't get into my readings today and all that stuff. That's okay. Worship can be an all day thing. Making lunch for my daughters in the morning to make sure I I make a nice salad for them with some fruit and, you know, something that something that's going to serve them at lunch, taking the time to put that together or a nice sandwich or whatever it is, you know, making sure that um, when I see my parents today, that, you know, open the door for my mom or, or making sure that, you know, what I put into my body is good food that nourishes what I got things that I put into my mind, you know, serving my mind, serving this world. I don't know, man. I think it's just when you start to look at life through service, your, your whole day can be an act of service. Mm. It doesn't have to be, Hey, I'm going to, I, Oh, I got to get down to that soup kitchen. Although that is important, but like, no man, you can serve every day of your life. It's not just about a one hour service on a Sunday or, or going to do something gigantic. It can be so many small things, you know, that add up daily. So yeah, I just think like, that's such a good word that your whole day can be an active word. It doesn't matter like what it looks like, you know, yeah. like he said there, you miss, maybe you, you miss, uh, reading your, your Bible in the morning or praying or journaling, whatever your, your rhythm is. It's like, okay. I mean, you have plenty of opportunities to serve and worship and, and, and show God's grace and mercy and all kinds of other ways. Yeah. And, um, I just, I love that idea that like you you have so many ways to be joyful to use your talents to use the gifts that god has given you to make a difference in people's lives and one little thing like 
like you said, just opening the door for somebody, man. Like there's just yeah. so many, like life is such a beautiful thing. I guess there's so much hard, heartache and pain in the world right now. But like, you know, the, a couple of weeks ago, um, probably one of the toughest days and weeks of my time being a teacher, one of my students this year passed away. Who's killed in a, in an ATV accident, never dealt with this. in my five years of teaching kid was in my class. And so um, every day I look out and I could see his empty seat. And I have this idea of, of trying to put pen and paper and write some kind of a poem about this empty seat. I haven't found the words yet, but, um, like just like being able to love people, like you don't know what people are going through and like, you know, like, people go through the hardest things and you don't even know about it. Like life is super painful, but at the same time, like out of that, there was so much joy in hearing people like share his life and seeing the kids rally around each other. Yeah. Like I'm in charge of FCA at my school fellowship of Christian athletes and had a couple of kids that came to me and they just said, Hey, Mr. Claiborne, uh, we have this idea that we want to just get people together and just pray. And I mm -hmm. said, absolutely. And yeah. so I got it cleared by the principals and within 15, 20 minutes, I shared it on social media and it probably got shared over 200 times within five minutes. And it was beautiful. Like I, I can't, I was trying to get to school early that day to be there to kind of help organize this prayer. And I was going to work and I was like, I just know that Satan is going to do something to screw this up or try to screw yeah. this up. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you on the way to work. There's this major road that I go to, to get on the work or to get to work. Both sides of the road are closed because of a wreck. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like, first of all, my thought was, I hope to God, this is not one of our students or teachers that are in this wreck. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I hope that there are no students who are trying to get to this prayer vigil that are caught up in this wreck. Yeah. And third, how can I still get to school quickly to be there? So I, like, I just knew I was like, this is going to deter people. It's going to throw off our whole, we only had like 15 minutes before school. We could do this. And so I found it an alternate route, got to school. I still got to the prayer vigil a little late, but when I walked out to the baseball field, this kid was a baseball player. So we met, you know, had to plan to pray on the baseball field, I walked out to the baseball field to, to people, kids already starting the prayer and there must've been 200 people already out there. Wow. And it was like, my goodness, these kids, probably a lot of these aren't even believers and they know the power of prayer yeah. and the power of the one who we pray to. And yeah. so, you know, out of the, I, I, we were talking about pain and things, I mean, just out of pain can come such beautiful things. And, um, I think when I look back at this past year, that's what I have past year and a half. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier kind of about how how relaxing COVID was. It's like, and I don't, I don't say that to dismiss the pain and heartache that people have gone through, but, um, you know, there has been a lot of beautiful, beautiful things that have come out of the pain and the heartache of this past year sure. as well. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of the way that I look at what I love about being an artist is like, I've come from an artist, not in my family, but like you got the creator of the universe who creation is messy, man. Like yeah. creation is messy. Like if you read the first draft of your book compared to the book, when it's going to come out, <laughs> it's going to be night and day, bro. Right. Like you're going to cringe at the things that you wrote <laughs> like yeah. early. And I've already made several edits to the chapters that I've submitted. So it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, I love in the beginning of the story that he is literally down in the dirt with his creation. He's getting his hands dirty, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and then shortly after he's walking with him, you know, he just wants to be with him. And the story ends with God and his people together. He's with them in the garden again. And uh, what is Jesus's name? What does Emmanuel even mean? God with us. Right. And so I think 
it's the reminder of the pain is the reminder that God is not distant in those moments. He is closer than you may even realize in those moments. And not only like, can he sympathize with us and go, oh, that's really hard, but he can empathize because he was the model that then went through even more excruciating, unbearable pain so that not that we didn't have to, but that we could know that we weren't alone in ours. Yeah. Oh, I love when that. When it happens. I love you know that. what I mean, yeah. man? Like yeah, literally, that's I, such I, a good word. I'm a word nerd. I loved etymology class and English class when I was in high school. The word excruciating le- literally means pain so severe that it was like that X coming from CRU, the cross, pain so bad that it's coming out of the cross. And it's like, if uh, Tim Keller writes wow, on this okay. too, where it's like, yeah. If you look at the lengths that he was willing to go to, to not, again, he could have avoided the pain, right? Could have avoided that, but he knew like, nope, my calling is to be obedient to my father and everything. And if this is what it takes, here we go. And it's not just what it takes to fulfill my mission, but it's like, who is on the other side of it? And that's what I think where I'm like, when I misstep, when I struggle with the things I struggle with, when I fail, when I blow it as a dad, when I am just like, because I'm hungry, I treat my kids like they're jerks. You know, <laughs> um, I have to remind myself, it's like, I don't have to put Jesus back on the cross. Like, there's a reason why he said it is finished. You know, yeah. like, there's a reason why the tomb's empty and the cross is empty. So it's like, you don't have to keep putting him back on and re-crucifying him. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like once and for all, man. Like there's peace in that for me where I go, if his work is done, then I can have my identity and his fulfilled calling. And he is then going to give me my calling. And so if you're looking for yours and we've talked a ton, dude, about creativity. And I, I love these conversations, Cole, about how they always go back to our shared faith in Christ. Yeah, It's like, if you're looking for that calling, like he will be faithful to show you who you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to be doing and what path you're supposed to be on. For me, mine has looked way more like a, uh, like a winding mountain highway than it has a straight path, you know, point A to point B. Mine is so squiggly. And in those moments where it got squiggly, I'm like, what the heck am I doing with my life? Oh crap. Is this make any sense? This doesn't make any sense. And then I look back and I go, oh my gosh, he's brought me through that to get where I'm supposed to be. And it's just been a different, path it's just been a different journey than someone else's and it doesn't have to look exactly the same and so i would say you know find out a way that you also commune spiritually like for me it's being outside alone um and i i've told myself i need to just book that during the day go for a 15 minute walk outside and pray but um if, if that's you listening find it find someone else who's a little bit farther out in front of you or alongside you who knows you in your mess and um, doesn't condone it, doesn't look past it, but th- that's kind of the smoke screen. It's like, let's yeah. get to the, the, the essence of what's going on here and who you are, yeah. because that's what God wants. He wants his kids to be who he designed them to be, not yeah. just doing the things that he wants them to do. We should be doing those things. And ultimately we'll be, you know, those things will carry weight in the next life. But like he goes, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I'm aiming for, bro. Yeah. Well done. I I, I want to be the city shining on the hill, <laughs> not because it, I like being a shiny city, but because I get to reflect where that comes from, from whom that yeah. comes from, where people can go, 
what's going on? You look like you got a lot of really cool stuff going on. Yeah, I do. And here, here's how it all happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so that yeah. to, to answer your question of like, where do you want everything to be, you know, a year from now, I, I think maybe the Sunday school answer is just kind of where God wants it to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and that I get to experience that and maybe it'll be in alignment with what I hope happens. Maybe, I don't know. Um, and I think that's cool when those overlap, you yeah. know, but he's also got some really cool things in store, man. He's a great artist and he's a great dad. And he's like, Hey, I got some, I got some good things for you. Just trust me. Yeah. You know, so we're want to wrap up here. We got a couple more questions, but you, as you were talking, it reminded me. So we, we saw this concert I mentioned as uh, Phil Wickham and along with Brandon Lake of Bethel music and then Pat Barrett. I don't know if you're familiar with Pat yeah, Barrett, sure. but build my uh, life. Yeah. So I have never, uh, I never heard this song, but but he shared a story. He has this song called Canvas and Clay. Have you ever heard this song? Mm -mm. And I never heard this either, but he shared this anecdote or he shared this story. And as you were talking about kind of going up the windy road of the mountain that reminded me of this story, but as creative people, I know that I'm super guilty of this. If we can see somebody's finished product and wonder why ours is not finished yet, or we can compare our unfinished product is somebody else's finished product. And I think he, I think he used the idea of like a, a seed of a sycamore tree compared to a sycamore that has grown or a tree that has grown and basically said yeah. like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't compare a seed that was just planted to a fully grown tree and ask why that seed hasn't grown yet. Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't ask a masterpiece or you would, you wouldn't ask a master why his masterpiece doesn't look like the Mona Lisa whenever it's not done yet. Mm -hmm. And the way that he worded it just really hit home with me as a writer and the song canvas and clay. I'm going to read you the lyrics of this. It says, um, let me find the part of this. You're not finished with me. Uh, when I doubt it, Lord remind me I'm wonderfully made. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay. Mm. And I know nothing has been wasted, no failure or mistake. You're an artist and a potter I'm the canvas and the clay. And he just kind of uses that, that idea of, we're not a finished work yet. You're not finished yet. Yeah. And there's a song by Chris, by Chris Renzema called not finished. You're not finished. It's called not finished yet. And it's mm. kind of that same idea. And I think as an artist, as a, as a writer and a creator, that's a, a very uh, meaningful word that not only, not only are the things that I'm working on might not, might not be, God might not be done with me yet, yeah. but also my road to get there could look very different than somebody else's. And that's something that's yeah. an image that I used in the book that I'm writing was, you know, we, we want to take, we, we see somebody running in their lane and we wonder why they have a, a much faster route to what appears to be the finish line. You know, we, we have a, a longer, more windy route. We want to take a shortcut, cut across and run in their lane. And it's like, that's not our intended finish line. Right. We're, we're running their race, not our race. And I think that that's such a, the idea of just like, you, you know, you said my, my creative uh, journey didn't look like a straight highway. It looked more like a windy road up a mountain. And I think that for a lot of us um, that that might be true for us. And, and we wonder yeah. why it's not such an easy road. And that's just the, that's the, that's the path God has asked us to follow. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier was, you know, God has given each, each of us a path to, to, to run on. And I think I mentioned my buddy Tyler earlier, he preached a sermon at church. And one of my favorite parts of that was he said, you know, like you start trying to drive in somebody else's lane, you're going to crash. I mean, mm. you, you, you stay in your lane, you focus on what you can control. Yeah. 
you're, you're going to be, you're going to be fine. You're going to arrive safely, but you start crossing over into somebody else's lane. Well, whenever you're going to crash. Yeah. And so yeah. I think that's such a, a good image, but I love yeah, that. Sometimes so, we look at that and be like, we feel deficient because someone else is succeeding. And it's like, no, like let's, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate their success. Like, don't, don't feel like that has to be yours or be like, oh, I'm yeah. missing out. And, and we like, have no, no idea the struggles yeah. and the hardships that somebody might've faced to get to where they're at, you know, like somebody finishing something like for me as a, as a, as a writer, I mean, this, this process with the book has taken much longer than I hoped for or expected. And so when I see people come out with the book, even one on the topic that I'm writing about, it's very easy and tempting for me to be like, feel dejected, uh, yeah. or to use a vocab word I'm teaching this week, crestfallen. Ooh, um, now there's a, yes. there's a $5 word right there. There we go. Yeah. One. So it's, it's very, e it's very easy to, to feel that way, but, um, I don't know what the struggle was that they went through. They may have had a very similar story where it took years and years to get somebody to notice their idea. That's the pro that's the stage that I'm in right now is trying to find an agent willing to say, yes, I, I believe in this book and I want to help represent you, you know, and that's, that's probably how musicians feel trying to get their music in front of maybe a, a record label or somebody that they, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's a very, everybody has a different route and a different story. And it, you know, some people get a stroke of luck that things happen quicker. And if that's the case, like praise God that yeah, God has favor on that person. I think it's very easy for us to be, to be tempted to, to, to feel jealous and envious of somebody. And that's no way to live. That's what I've learned is yeah. it's just no way to live. And I think the temptation too, that, I sometimes have to look out for is once I walk into the door that he's got open for me is that I start to feel like I own the door and I own the yeah. room. It's mm -hmm. like, no, it's still his. Like you, yeah. you've been granted access here and for a reason and you're prepared for this moment though. You may not feel like you are, um, but you, you don't own this room that you just walked in. Yeah. Like it, it's you, you're everything is loaned to you. It's on, yeah, it's on loan, and there's an expectation that there's going to be a return on his investment. He, you know, he's like, "Yo, I, I, I want to see you uh, in your fullness of my glory in you. I want that on display." And so, um, yeah, I've I've purposefully named my music publishing company not Home Yet Music uh, for a reason. Where nice. it's like, it's it's just a reminder. It's based on a Stephen Curtis Chapman song that I liked as a kid. Um, where I'm like, yeah, we're just, we're pilgrims passing through, man. Yeah. Um, we're not home yet. And when we do, man, it's going to be an awesome celebration and homecoming. Um, but then it's like, that's one of those things that I never could wrap my head around as a kid. And still to this day of just like eternity would freak me out as a kid. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. but it has to end. It has to yeah. end. It's like, nope. I think it may feel like an, just like a constant now, just that's, a constant yeah. now. Yeah. Like that this is the best that they could possibly be right now. And don't worry about how long this is going to last. Just worry about right this eternal now. Like we think of eternity past and eternity future. It's like, well, I think it's going to be an eternity present. Like it's going to feel so yeah. rich and so full and so deep and so good and so just like perfect that I don't know if anything else is going to be able to distract us in that moment, you know? Yeah. That's um, a good word. Yeah. So um well we need to do this again next year bro we do i gotta ask yeah, you my, not my, between... my, 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 i gotta ask you my one final question that i always oh, ask yeah. my guests. yeah what's up so it's uh like i want to change it just a little bit i guess what's yeah. uh it's always about rest it's always about like how have you found rest etc but i guess 
what has been the the best thing that you've done this year to incorporate more rest into your life? Oh man. Um, first thing that comes to my mind is planning really strategic retreats, uh, planning. Like I get so excited when I get to see, uh, my wife, my wife, my in-laws, my wife's mom and dad have had a home in Kiowa Island, South Carolina, outside of Charleston since she was in high nice. school. Like they'd been visiting there before she was even born. And now it's like home away from home for us. And so like seeing that on my calendar, like we try to go at least once a year with them. Um, our kids are at now an age where they can like make memories there. Um, and if anybody I mean, knows your music, they probably, they need to know that you have mentioned uh, Rhode Island. You've mentioned yeah. Germany. You've yeah. mentioned Charleston, all three places. So I'm thinking of the part where you says, and we moved on out to Stuttgart, then the part yeah. of the south of the Indiana where it says something up north, New England town. Yeah. But then I'm also thinking of the windows down part where you said something about Fort Sumter, which yeah. is near Charleston. Yeah. So I'm like all of these places in your songs, I'm thinking about there, these. There different... is a lot of dude, great ear, man. There's a ton of <laughs> geography in my songs. Like yeah. the nerd that like was the kid who would read like the 20,000 fascinating fact book on road trips when I was in yeah. like second grade is still the nerd in me now that is writing that like very specific places in my music. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you love, Sorry, I interrupted, I interrupted your answer, no, but it just was like, I, yeah. I know your lyric. I'm just bragging about how well I know your lyrics basically. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, I think just planning, I mean, through meetings with my counselor, I've learned like, no, you need to pause and celebrate the three on the Enneagram and me, the drive, the ambition, the desire for excellence. Like I've just gotten used to having a ton of, projects that I'm working on simultaneously. And he's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you don't pause and celebrate, you're going to get burnt out. Your soul is going to wither and die. Um, just because you've got to rest, you've got to recharge, you've got to refresh. I mean, full transparency, like confession hour, there is a part of me that is like, I've got this amazing Patreon community who is investing in me. And I feel like I need to be releasing music every single month. Like I gotta be working. Like they they want to return on their investment. And then I'm like, I don't know if that's hundred percent true. Like I think knowing you, knowing the other patrons, it's like they're they're like they're in, you know, they're like, we love you. Like even last week I took off my normal Wednesday nights uh yeah. live stream because I had three gigs in a row to prepare for. And I'm like, vocally, I'm gonna be torn up by the first gig if I do this, you know, live stream. Yeah. And I was like, there's well, and you still need time a part to create too. Like you need time to actually recharge yeah. batteries. There's still a part of me that feels like, ah, oh, man, I don't want to let people down. It's not yeah. necessarily fear of missing out. It's like fear of like, ah, uh, what am I, what's this person going to think again? What's this person going to think? Right. Yeah. Um, if, if I, if I, Oh wow. Novel concept to take a day off just cause I'm wiped. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I think people will understand and be like, that's okay, man. Like it's yeah. all good. No one's waiting on pins and needles for an eight o'clock live stream to happen. Like, it's like, right. oh, okay. We all get a breather now. Okay, that's fine. Um, but I'm going down to Florida to do a somewhat delayed gratification celebration of my 40th birthday that happened in August. I'm going to go down next weekend, the 18th and 19th. Happy birthday, 20th. by the way. Thanks, bud. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go hang out for like four days in Florida on the beach with my cousin-in-law and my cousin. Um and just hang out and bro out and go like maybe deep sea fishing or paddle boarding or just like nice. hang out and just no agenda. And that would not have happened had Lauren, my wife, not gotten in my ear about it. But like, you need to celebrate like 
40 is a big thing. Like you yeah. need, you need this weekend. And I'm like, wow, you're a great wife who knows me better than I know, like who knows me better than I know myself sometimes. And yeah, thank you for making me go in and do this. Cause I know it's going to be great. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think just strategic celebration and retreat and pause uh, can really do me well. Yeah. When I actively like think through like, wow, how do I feel for me? It's hard to get in touch with how I feel. I need it to kind of get drawn out through good friends who know me and my counselor and Lauren. And um, so for me, it's hard to put my finger on a feeling um, yeah. and kind of trace that down and be like, why am I feeling this way? Usually yeah. it is fatigue for me. It's yeah. You got a lot going on. It's a lot to create. You can't just instantly create. You do need time to think and refresh and recharge and get inspired and wrestle before you even put, you know, your fingers on the guitar um, or a laptop in your case, you know, yeah. writing. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Well, like whenever we started, we were like, we're going to keep it short this time. We're going to go about 40, <laughs> 45 minutes. Well, we're no. back to like an hour, 40 minutes. If, so if, if you, you stay are still, if you were still in this with us, thank you. And yeah, <laughs> we hope you've gleaned some good things. <laughs> yeah. I hope people know they can break this up into several yeah. sessions. They don't have oh, to man, listen to it all at once. Yeah. If you're doing it all at once. <laughs> mom uh you don't have to <laughs> yeah if you are though it'd be nice if you left a review yeah. and said hey i loved this podcast and this is great ryan's awesome that'd be awesome you know leave a leave a review on apple podcast that would be a big help but yeah yeah uh, but ryan this is awesome i'm crazy to think that this is uh been two years since i started this i just kind of it was right around. I felt like everybody was kind of starting a podcast and there was a little bit of FOMO. Like, I think I could do that and do it well. Yeah. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, just reflect. I mean, every person that endorsed me on my book proposal was somebody that I met through podcasting. Mm, that's every awesome, single man. person, that's every great. single author that was willing to write, write an endorsement for me was somebody that I met through podcasting. Yeah. And so, you know, like this has been a, a project that I've talked about quite a bit on here. I mean, I didn't know what the the numbers or downloads would be. And in some ways it's been not what I expected, but the relationships have been yeah. the best part of this is being able to connect with people, That's reconnect great, with people and just allow people to like talk and share their story. And like, if 30 people listen, if 130 people listen, whatever, like, it's just been a lot of fun and it's, yeah. it's opened a lot of doors and I've learned a lot about people and their story and like selfishly i've learned a lot about writing and yeah uh, the publishing world and things that are like beneficial to me and i hope people that listen have benefited from it too but ultimately like i just hope people listen and they you know they they, they feel value in the conversations about faith and creativity and honestly just living like i feel like the conversations that you and i have are really like kind of what I envisioned as the heart and soul of this podcast is really just talking about how we navigate daily stuff, yeah. but mostly like the creative process and the creative life through our faith in Jesus. Like that's kind of where this, this yeah. show sets. So I'm always, like I said, you know, last time, and I say it all the time to you whenever we talk, but super grateful that you're willing to one, be my first guest, but two, like create the music that I use on the intro. Like, I think it's just like the perfect vibe for what this show is all about. And so it's just been such a fun journey and I'm grateful to have you as a friend and grateful to have people that listen. And if I do this for another year or two years, however long, it's just, it's been fun. So we'll do yeah. We'll plan on doing this again next year and, and seeing it, what man. God's got in store for us. 
dude, likewise, I mean, all that back at you, man, I'm just really proud of you, happy for you, like celebrating your success. Like a lot of people think like it's the trophy at the end of our hard work that is like living. That's the dream. It's like the dream is the gritty mundane mm-hmm. work. We do get to celebrate those fun victories, but like you're still living the dream when you have 30, 130, 130,000 people, regardless, like you're still showing up to the mic. You're still showing up to the laptop. You're still showing up asking really, really good questions that are provoking awesome conversations that your listeners, I guarantee are benefiting from. And so it's a joy and an honor to be not just on your two year show, but like the honor to even get asked. Like, I remember the phone call. I remember I was on my porch in our IU rocking chair when you called and we're like, (laughs) can we talk about like you doing some theme music for this podcast that I'm thinking of? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, and now here we are. And so it's going to be cool to see your success too, man. I'm, I'm pumped for you. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate your friendship and excited to do this again a year from now. Yeah. Let's do it, man. And let's keep in touch between then for sure. Okay. Absolutely. All right, guys. I hope you had fun listening. <laughs> I hope you're still around. Yeah. If you are, you're the best. Thanks for listening. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Y'all, thank you so much for sticking around and listening to this entire conversation. And once again, thank you for those of you that have helped encourage me and support me along this two-year journey. I'm so grateful to have this podcast and this platform just to connect with people and share conversations with you guys. And I love the feedback that I get. It really does help if you like this show, if you enjoyed this conversation particularly. Go leave a five-star review on the Apple Podcast app. That really does help me. It helps other people find the show, and it helps them know that this is a show that they would want to listen to. I look back on these two years since I started the show, and I'm just so grateful for the relationships that have come out of this. If you listened to my episode last time with Jason Romano, I mean, literally, the side job that I have where I get to produce podcasts and write regularly, that connection came out of doing this podcast. And For me personally, and I know for people that have listened, that have reached out and told me about specific conversations that have meant a lot to them, I feel like this podcast has been a blessing. I know it definitely has been for me, and I'm grateful for the people that have mentioned that this is a blessing to them too. So thank you so much if you have listened to the show and have given me feedback and have, like I said earlier, if you have supported it in any way, if you've prayed for me, prayed for the show, prayed for our guests, I just can't thank you enough. There are thousands and thousands of podcasts that are available that you could spend time listening to. So if you spend any of your time listening to my show, I so greatly appreciate it. And lastly, I want to give another big thanks to Ryan for coming on and being such a great friend and supporter of the show. And obviously the things that he's done to provide me with music and just constantly being supportive and being willing to be on the show anytime I ask has been a huge blessing in and of itself. But here is to hopefully another year, another two years, possibly. We'll see. But thank you guys so much for checking this show out. And as always, hope you guys find some time this week to relax and not be in a hurry. And we'll catch you next time out.